guys. Thank you for that. It's time for our community segment here on this Wednesday. We're switching things up. Normally we get Thomas Watson on Thursdays for Loaded and Rolling, but our topic's so good that we just couldn't wait an extra day this week. Thomas, thanks for being here. Today we are talking about one of those fancy buzzwords in the industry, transparency, and why it still actually matters for carriers, both large and small. Talk to us about it. Well, there's some fun regulations that state that if a carrier wants to see the transaction between a broker and a shipper, uh, you know, it's like you have a right to do so. And there's been a whole lot of buzz about it because a, a driver or a carrier had gotten a TQL to share one and they found out that there was a lot more money at the table and it turned into this great meme fest. And so, uh, you know, for folks catching up, there's always a debate between smaller fleets, owner operators, or even large fleets about how much are they getting fleeced in terms of margin by working with the broker? And typically what the brokers like to do is in their carrier packets, they'll put in that you waive your right to see that, you know, sneak it in there, you know, just sign the packet, bro. We'll send you your freight. So big, big more and a lot more discussion on the social scene. And I'm just sitting here eating my popcorn because it's really two different ways of looking at it. And both sides of the equation, uh, you know, especially on fleet size, are definitely uh, at, at odds. And Thomas, how has the situation evolved over the years, especially since you were maybe in some of those positions? We're looking at some of that transparency in that conversation because, of course, here at Freight Waves, we care about transparency. That's really where the basis of a lot of our sonar data comes from is giving that transparency out. But from the brokerage side and from the carrier side, how has that really evolved since maybe 2018 to where we are now? Back when I started in 14 uh, at a large carrier, you know, U.S. Express, where they like to uh, call mega carriers or nationwide carriers, depends on if you're a driver or an executive, uh, you know, transparency was typically in terms of rate transparency, like market. You'd have load boards that would provide, uh, you know, DAT and truck stop had their averages you're trying to do. Now we have sonar and the NTI, uh, which has been an addition to it in the past uh, since 18. Uh, you know, looking at transparency, we didn't always share our locations. We didn't always want the shipper to know, but it'd be through EDI auto updates. It was very tech savvy. It's funny because the stuff that large trucking carriers do, we hear about now in the freight tech scene for smaller fleets and owner ops who, who like access. Fast forward a little bit, I go to a small carrier and, and, and transparency, I'd really like to know a little more on the rates because I'm not exposed to, you know, I'm more exposed to spot. Uh, large carriers are mostly contractual. I know what my rate's going to be because I agree to for it, and 90 to 95% of my freight is with the customer, a shipper. I don't need a broker. Uh, you're on a, if you're a small fleet, though, that could be as much as all or half of your freight. Uh, you know, it's hard to find customers when you have five trucks or one truck that you can consistently do round trips for. So, you know, in, in that space, we're seeing a lot more stuff done. But they also want to see more from brokers because uh, there's always been this antagonistic thing when someone takes margin. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it's getting a little more feisty in a down market, uh, you know, especially when rates are low and the, these carriers are skimping by. So that brings up kind of the entire point behind this, right, is the fact that everything in this industry is very cyclical. And when we saw brokers making money hand over fist during 2020, 2021, the carriers were at the same time making money hand over fist. So there wasn't necessarily a problem with what was going on, right? Rates were high, diesel prices were low, everything was great. There was lots of freight and people were raking it in on both sides. The shippers were the ones that were suffering, of course, paying those highest rates. Now you flip side it and we see it on the opposite, right? Your shippers are now saving money on your lower rates. Your carriers are having to deal with paying higher diesel prices and not having enough freight to fill their trucks. Can you talk a little bit about how that broker kind of lives in the middle, right? 
And it is, at the end of the day, their responsibility to preserve the relationship, no matter if the cycle is on the shipper side or the carrier side. But you have to do it understanding that sometimes you're going to have to make not as much money just because you have to preserve that relationship, right? Correct. And that's if it's typical. We'd have instances where if you're a broker, you make a year-round contract, uh, you try to line up a carrier who will run it consistently so you can then find more loads and carriers, and they'll agree to a rate. It's kind of like, uh, they call it dedicated, but I, I joke it's a poor man's contract uh, because the broker is the one giving you the contract. Now, drivers and the concern are, of course, is if you show them this information, you'll get the shipper's information, their contact, the facility, uh, the rate that was paid. So there's pricing visibility data, as well as the margin, which could then impact your decisions uh, negotiating with uh, brokers. Uh, typically, those are the biggest concerns. You don't want to leave money on the table. Now, in a down market, though, it still wouldn't matter uh, because you're competing against other carriers. It's not The broker's not as much of the boogeyman as the carrier who says, okay, well, I'll still do it 50 bucks cheaper. And the broker goes, sold, you know. Uh, the other fun part is my funny meme take of the day is uh, uh, for broker transparency is that uh, if, if I'm a broker and I say I'm going to give you uh, the information on my customers, I need you also to give me information on your hours of service, how many false log violations. And oh, by the way, did you finally get rated by the FMCSA? Because that's another fun one where uh, like 90 to 94 percent, depending upon who you ask, are unrated. And they probably don't want to be rated because uh, it's hard to run a trucking company. And if the FMCSA goes through your books, uh, bad time. So that's my fun take of the day. But yeah, it is a large carrier, though. This is what's funny. Small carriers, they really want this. As a large carrier, like, eh, okay, well, I know I'm dealing with a broker. And at the same time, it's only like 5% of my mix. So maybe, but how am I going to backdoor your customer when I really just care about year-round contracted freight? So it's really something you see from smaller fleets uh, uh, trying to get this information. Larger fleets typically either have the information or it's actually more work than it's worth unless you really want to you know, spy on a price and then send that over to your brokerage and then have your brokerage try to undercut. Then you could probably actually make some useful data from it. That transparency conversation definitely can go both ways. Thomas, we're looking at Loaded and Rolling. Can you give us a sneak peek to your upcoming show? Definitely had one on Tuesday. Let's pull up the old rundown here. Uh, Rob had it. He's actually on the scuba team. I just found that out at the end of the show when I was talking with him. Uh, but he is a transportation advisor with uh, Albedo Logistics. Uh, he's had over 40 years uh, in the game being at Coca-Cola uh, doing transportation and strategy. And he's on the board of the supply chain uh, CSCMP. Uh, so supply chain management professional, board of directors. So a lot of cool stuff. Great conversation. Went over some data here. Uh, some of it, highway bottlenecks, care, cost per mile, lane forecasting, uh, and then how if C-suites understand the complexities of logistics. Uh, really amazing conversation. I wish I had an hour instead of 26 minutes because you could pick Rob's brain and he just, he's been around so long that he just knows, especially how shippers are thinking. You don't get a lot of that. I'll talk to carriers and brokers, but you know, the, uh, if you ever want to uh, find out how to make money as a broker or a carrier, you always got to attract the shippers anyway. So there's a really cool, cool conversation in there. One of the big takeaways, I think, is that, you know, shippers are, we're talking about tech and visibility and stuff. They needed to work. Uh, you know, everyone's been spending the past two or three years. And one of the challenges is, is now that, you know, they're cutting costs across the organization. One thing that people aren't thinking about is the transportation department may not be the bell of the ball. And so when we look at the actual funds, maybe we do need this technology. Well, maybe the rest of the organization is like, look, you're like 10 or 15% of our spend. Uh, sales are down. Manufacturing struggling. I don't have time for this. We'll deal with that later. And then what happens is the market changes and you pay more. 
Rumor has it if you ask the backroom boys very nicely, sometimes they'll give you an hour instead of just 26 minutes. Thomas, thank you for joining us this morning. Of course, we can catch Loaded and Rolling up on YouTube and go subscribe to his newsletter as well. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back right after this.